Blog Talk Radio. Throughout the year 
is the, is the time of where the energy is being placed. So right now, you know, we're in what's called the the middle of the summer and, and like the middle month, the middle sign. Leo is the middle sign of the summer. So we're in sort of the most summer and the weather is hot or the weather is humid but everything is growing like maximum creativity that's why we're in that fire that that fire element now we have maximum creativity in the summer for maximum growth so um, there's a lot of energy being put into growing our, our creative process and the um, the moon and mercury and uranus i think gives us our unique identity, that would be Uranus and Aries, our ability to stand up and speak about our identity, Mercury and Leo, and then a sort of global, let's call it philosophical consciousness with Moon in Sagittarius, an emotional <clears throat> an emotional connection to um, our global uh, identity or who we are uh, in relationship to each other so the the sort of you know unique but being able to express that uniqueness on a global platform is really here and we do see that i mean snowden comes to mind right he certainly was somebody that that was kind of uniquely standing out there in a global platform and speaking his mind mercury and leo so there have been others, and there have even been others this week, and we don't always agree with, their, with, with what it is they have to say. It, it could be, you know, someone from a foreign country who's different in their political system, their political beliefs, or somebody on YouTube that we, we might be a little shocked by what it is that they have to say, and yet they feel individual enough and they feel strong enough to be able to, to express their philosophical belief. It's, it's important. It's empowering. It's coming from the moon. So it's still an airless chart, at least for a few more hours, because Venus is going to go into Libra tonight, and uh, certainly by the morning. Um, and um, we'll finally have a little air in the chart for at least a few weeks, and that will be good. But for right now, for tonight, Venus is still 29 degrees Virgo, hanging out there. And, um, you know, that's not a a terribly bad place. Uh, it makes, I think, love a little analytical, but love as service-oriented is is not so bad. So there's a certain kind of service. Now we're going to go into a ruling sign uh, starting this week. Venus will go into Libra, and, um, and, you know, that's more about fairness and harmony and relationships and working it out and compromise, and that love is about fairness and justice. So we're going to move into that a little bit, and we'll talk about that next Thursday, I'm sure. Uh, Mars pretty quickly moving through Cancer, and Mars will be going into Leo. That's going to be um, a much stronger Mars energy. Right now, Mars and Cancer is kind of a softer, um, you know, more protective kind of energy, um, which men are, you know, it's possible for the masculine energy to experience that, you know. I get the image of, you know, a dad standing out um, in the backyard, maybe with a little apron on, flipping burgers his little barbecue apron flipping burgers on the grill or uh, the way that a dad, um, uh, you know, sort of does domestic things around the yard or takes care of the home for the people who live in it. So that's sort of a Mars and Cancer energy. It's it's nice. It's a little softer. It's definitely not aggressive, and it's much more home-oriented. So our, our initiatives may be very home-oriented at this time. Uh, Jupiter also in Cancer, but going a little wide. It's making a really nice aspect to um, 
um, to uh, Saturn still, sorry, I'm looking right at it, uh, still five degrees in a trine, and that's nice, there's a nice, uh, when you have that kind of balance between restraint and focus and expansion, it gives us an ability to grow without overextending our limits and then feeling weak in the place where we've pushed our boundaries. So the Jupiter-Saturn trine is still working for us, and it's kind of really a very positive thing. Um, Uranus and Pluto still kind of wide, but they're going to be heading back towards each other uh, soon. And uh, Neptune, four degrees Pisces, also retrograde and headed all the way back down to two degrees. That same elevation in spiritual consciousness that all of us are possible to be having in the next few years, um, that we're going to become more aware of our need to connect with each other on a global level as as one. You know, there, there will be a sort of renaissance in the next 10 years of a need for us to join together um, because somehow we are really all in it together. And if we don't... Um, if we don't consider our our lives as a whole and the planet as the place where we all live, then you know none of us are going to be able to live here, quite frankly. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think that we are going to realize that we need a sort of Aquarian slash Piscean connection to each other as a group. And that's happening. That happens through social media. That happens through uh, global awareness. That happens through the media. And um, we hope that even the media becomes more aware of what's important for people to become aware of. Okay, that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig, and you're listening to the Inside Connection Radio on Block Talk Radio, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. from L.A. That's kind of a long Global Energy Minute, but it did feel good. Um, tonight's topic, we're going to be talking a little bit here about fame and money and the different things that um, I think we pick up on in the chart that 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 has to do with those needs or those those karmically those karmic experiences. So uh, let's start a little bit with the fire signs and um, talk about a desire to be noticed. Um, fire is uh, the creative, enthusiastic, energetic, life of the party, center of attention to begin with, because you know. Lots of things are built around fire, like human beings cook around fire, and we keep our homes warm around fire. So historically, if you had a human being that had you know, a certain amount of fire in their chart or their personality, they were people that, that were noticed. But does that mean that you have to have a fiery personality in order to become famous? And the answer is actually really no. It depends upon what field, you know, that you're in. If you're, you know, sort of a Bill Gates, he's not the most fiery person, right, that we've that we've ever met. He's he's more of a subdued, kind of earthy, kind of geeky person, and he's very wealthy, but he's also, um, you know, very uh, very famous, and um, per- perhaps his his wealth comes from his um perhaps his fame comes from his wealth 
but in fact, it, it also has to do with his creative intellect. Now, Bill Gates is actually a Scorpio, and Scorpios have a tendency to be more private and more secretive and not necessarily want to be, uh, you know, out there or seen, and I would imagine that he's a very private person. And yet fame comes to him because of what it is that he created and contributed to society. But that word create still shows up, and it's going to show up often in the charts of famous people, even if all of their creating is sort of a, you know, kind of like a fool of themselves, you know, that that, that there's a, the, the creative energy behind them is to simply, um, uh, you know, be noticed, like somebody, like somebody stamping their feet, that person also gets noticed, right? If you had a really loud, uh, crying child um, on an airplane, that's a level of attention, right? The child becomes famous on the plane ride <laughs> so it has to do with what it is that the individuals are creating that determines whether it is that they get noticed now do you see a preponderance in people's charts of say aries leo the first house the fifth house aries or leo at the midheaven aries or leo in the fifth house aries or leo is the rising sign yes the answer is actually yes if, even if you have, say, the rising sign and then um, the planet that rules the rising sign, let's say it's in the first or the fifth, then, again, what's going to happen is, is that that individual is going to have this strong sense of themselves, strong sense of their individual identity. It's very difficult, I think, for someone to be noticed if they don't have a strong sense of their own individual identity and the way in which they're bringing that to the table. So confidence is something that attracts attention. And we talk about Aries and Leo energy because Aries and Leo are often confident enough to attract attention. Now, are they the only signs? No. Every sign can be confident, but there is more than confidence. It's not just confidence. It's a desire to show that confident nature to the world. So in the area of, you know, are we going to be known? Are we going to be noticed? Are we going to be famous? Are we going to get any notoriety or anything like that? The answer to the question really comes from what is the creative part of the individual chart, like the person's individual chart? What are the fiery components, and in what houses are they? This doesn't mean that you're going to become a household name. There are a lot of people who might have Aries in the first house or Leo in the first house or at the mid-heaven or those other examples that I gave, which I think were a little more technical, but I'm going to repeat them again, that if the ruler of the first house or the ruler of the, the mid-heaven was, say, in the first or in the fifth, then you're, what you're going to have is you're going to have someone who's more bold the energy is going to be bolder and more, and more of a risk taker those are the people who are capable of of uh, attracting notoriety to themselves are the ones that are capable of going out on a limb to say well this is my creative genius i guess for lack of a better word this is my creative expression this is the way i'm i'm expressing my creative uniqueness right that's very aries and and you're all going to notice me for it because uh, this is, you know, like the special thing about me. And 
that's usually where fame comes from in the chart. If I look at individuals' charts and I say, all right, I see this. I see, you know, like, say, even Paris Hilton or Barack Obama, you know, who is a Leo, or, um, you know, I know that those are widely variant uh, examples, and yet they both have this sort of strong fifth house or Leo energy in their chart. And depending upon, you know, where where it is and how it aligns, like for Obama, it's it's in the sixth house. So it has to do with service. The sixth house is about the way he does service, and so he's a leader in the service that he offers to people. Now, are there are lots of other people in the world who are Leos with their, you know, son in the sixth house? Yes. Are they as famous as Barack Obama? No. That's fine. That all has to do with karma anyway. But are those people noticed at work or in the jobs that they do? Do they have positions of leadership, even if they're working in a you know a small company in in the middle of you know a, in the middle of the country? Yes, absolutely. And it's because that that energy that they have pushes them out to the forefront. Talk about that. Human beings generally need role models. We need people that can guide us and move us forward. Historically and philosophically, if you looked at like, um, you know, a flock of geese flying through the air, they make that V, and the one in the front is the one that's really cutting through the air and making it easier for the other ones to follow. That's why they fly that way. And then the one in the front drops back and another one moves forward into the forward position. This is very much like human evolution and the way that it is right now, is that we move forward with certain people feeling like they have enough personal initiative and importance to be able to stand there at the front of the group and guide us or lead us in a specific direction. We decide, actually, whether they're worthy of that, right? We either like what Bill Gates created and um and and Paris Hilton for that matter and and we like what um what Barack Obama has created or they don't stay there for long the more important that we feel they are socially the longer it is that they're capable of staying as the leader and forging that direction that we get moved in as a group Fundamentally, that's what fame is about because it's supposed to be driving our intentions. Even if it's the Kardashians, what it is is that we're seeing in them or we're learning from them or we're emulating from them something that as a society we want to be or see or learn from. And that's why we put those people out as role models because we want to be able to at least observe or gain some insight about the way that they behave or act. It's something like, um, you know, reminds me of the reality show Survivor, you know, and the way in which they vote each other off and the way it is that they behave and the way in which even some of the shows like American Idol, how the audience is interacting with the group that's there, you know, the, the, the participants, and how we're the ones that are deciding what is it that that person is doing for us. What is it that they're doing for us is what we, we choose about whether we leave them there. So fame is, a, is about an interaction with the group that you want to be famous in front of. 
it doesn't happen in a vacuum and basically every Leo knows that that they want to have attention put on them but you have to have an audience in order to be able to get that attention so that energy where it's like look me I'm creative I'm able to do something special or interesting or unique needs to have somebody that's standing on the opposite side of it and saying yes you are Fame and fortune are often tied together because fame sometimes brings fortune and fortune sometimes brings fame. In the example of Bill Gates, it certainly does. In the example of in the example of Paris Hilton, it did because she's a first an heiress, uh, right? She first inherits all this money from the Hilton fortune, then she becomes famous. She doesn't become famous, um, you know, in her own right. And just because of the person that she is, so they go. It does go in both directions. And some people who actually become famous are are able to turn it into uh, money, and that happens a lot on um, in celebrity. You know, in celebrity, and certainly I would think in politics. Sometimes you have these senators or presidents who probably don't make as much money in the private sector as they do once they reach that position of fame or authority, then they're able to make millions more going around on a talking circuit or an educational circuit or a speaking thing or writing books and things like that because it's the fame then that creates the money. So the reason that the show is kind of about both of those is because they do go hand in hand. Not always. Sometimes someone can become famous and they don't get any money out of it. And obviously there can be an awful lot of wealthy people who don't achieve any you know, notoriety at all. Not everybody is like Donald Trump who's, my, who's looking for, um, you know, who's, who's looking to be noticed. And his money um, helps facilitate that um, because without it he might not be able to create the, um, you know, the uh, the attention that he craves. Interestingly, uh, Trump, by the way, is a um, is a Gemini. Um, but uh, and I don't have his chart pulled up here in front of me. But I would suspect that Donald Trump's got some first house, fifth house, strong Leo, something like that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to you know sneak in here and 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 look at his astrological chart. Um, let me see real quick because he's another interesting. Um, sort of person who's achieved fame for some specific reason. Uh, yeah, he actually has Mars in, in Leo, and he has Leo rising. So, okay, Donald Trump has Leo rising and Mars in Leo and Pluto in Leo. There's plenty of, um, you know, desire for him to be noticed, especially his Mars is in Leo, which is his masculinity. And then he has a lot of planets at the top of the chart and so that adds, you know, another whole layer of wanting to have a public life. But it's the Leo, the fire energy, that wants to say, look at me, my creative energy is important and I can be a leader for you or whoever, right? It doesn't matter. It could be a small group of people, a large group of people. I want you to know that the person who runs a gas station in a small town, in a small state, in a small place, can be famous in the town that they're in. And so fame, again, is something relative and we're not not just talking about, you know, being a household name. Um, so um, let's talk about a little bit about the money aspect of the chart. And the money aspect of the chart is connected a lot more to the earth, which is connected to the second house and the sixth house and the tenth house. 
So unless there are some signs that there's familial wealth, which there can be, especially if we see something like Taurus on the on the IC or Taurus or strong planets in Taurus in the fourth house, that can mean inherited wealth. You can also find inherited wealth in the eighth house, uh, especially if you find Taurus in the eighth or uh, maybe Capricorn in the eighth. That can represent the reputation coming from familial wealth because inheritances come through um, you know, death and death is a part of the eighth house. So without going into that aspect of it, like family wealth, um, let's just look at an individual's wealth and, and if they can achieve it for themselves in this lifetime. Whatever. That was enough about um, inherited wealth or family wealth. It's just enough to say that if you've got some strong signs of money in the houses that represent inheritance or family or family foundations, then there's a, a stronger likelihood that you're going to come from some money. And if you don't, then that's that's not probably going to be the case. And, but for everybody, the second, the sixth, and the tenth house, which is Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, those three houses rule what it is that we do for a living, the way it is we do that living on a day-to-day -day basis, and the money and possessions that we accumulate from that. So it's often good to look at the, um, the ruler of the second house, say like the cusp of the second house in my chart is um is Sagittarius. So that means the ruler of my of my second house, the ruler of my house of money is Jupiter because Jupiter rules Sagittarius. And you can look in the chart and you can say, well where is Craig's uh Jupiter? Because that might be an indication of where or how he might earn his money. And I do have Jupiter in the third, which is about writing and teaching and educating and um uh, learning and expressing ideas, and I have that in Aquarius, so it has to do with doing that for groups or doing that on a social level, and I think, you know, I've worked towards that. I definitely work in private practice. That's another whole facet of, of, of a part of, say, a public reputation because I have my son in the first house, and that's um, a little bit more about me and working individually as an astrologer and a counselor or a healer in general, because I was working as a homeopath and a chiropractor for years there. But um, but the Jupiter in the third is more about the educational role and earning money through um, teaching, educating, and writing. And, um, and, of course, that has happened uh, for me, and it's a part of what it is that I do, and that the, even the private practice I see as a teaching role. So, again, for instance, if you had Capricorn on the second house cusp, then Saturn would be the ruler of your um, finances and money, and you would look to find out where is Saturn in your chart. If you had um, uh, Aries on the second house cusp, then you might want to look at Mars, and where is Mars? And Mars has a certain boldness and energy and activity. So um, having Aries on the second house can mean that you're sort of aggressive or forceful about making money. For me, having Sagittarius on the second house cusp could mean that it's um, you know sort of a philosophical endeavor for me that I have philosophy and spirituality as part of the way that I earn my income and and in fact I do and, and always have that that's always been a part of my my private and public practice since I began working all the way back when. And so I think you can look at the second house and, and see where money comes from, but it doesn't tell us whether we're going to 
have money, right? So people often think of, you know, like, and, and having money is also relative, right? So having money, do we need to be making, say, 100000 a year, $200,000 a year? Would that mean that we had money? Or would it mean that we, we, in a lifetime, are going to amass $200 million in our bank account? Would that mean we had money? Or should we have a couple of houses? So you see, some of the conversation is relative to the individual that we're reading for and the individual that we're talking to. Somebody we might think is really well off. They live in a great house. They make 150000 a year, but they don't really think that they've got a lot of money. Somebody else might make $45,000 a year and have a house and think they're doing great. So there is a relative perception of wealth. I think that's really important to acknowledge. And some of what it is that we see in the chart determines that. Um, The planet that rules it, the planet that rules money in our chart, is that planet well-aspected or do we feel it's difficult for us to make money? If if there are certain planets and Earth signs in the chart, are they well-aspected? Because Earth ultimately creates a sense of security in our lives. And one of the things that ends up making us feel wealthy or like we have money is that security. Do we feel secure? People who don't feel secure about their life, their job, the way they live, they never feel like they have money because they're always worried that it's going to get taken away from them. So if there's some fundamental issue with security in someone's chart, whether it has to do with, uh, you know, Mercury and Taurus being square to Saturn, and, you know, obviously there are lots of different examples about what might make someone feel insecure financially, especially, let's say, if you have an afflicted Venus, that can also make you feel insecure because Venus does rule our sense of money because Venus rules Taurus. So Venus is an important part of looking at in the chart about for money and finance. And But I guess the bottom line on money really is um, that we individually need to know what it is that will make us feel wealthy. Individually, we need to be able to come to terms with what it is that will make us feel wealthy. And then from there, we can find out whether that's possible for us. Now, from a really metaphysical place, it's possible for all of us. There isn't anything really in the chart that holds us back from achieving anything that we would like to experience. That's what I talked about last week, good signs, bad signs, was that there really is nothing inherently bad in the chart that's going to prevent us from experiencing anything that life might offer. It's more along the lines of that we might have to overcome something in order to be able to find success in that area. We might have to learn something first on a path. Right? You could have Neptune in the seventh house, and you could be someone who is um, constantly attracting people into their lives that need to be saved. It could be a victim-savior kind of complex, a sort of martyred role. You could be attracting people who are substance abusers until you find that you're really looking for somebody who's more spiritually elevated, Neptune on a different level. So yes, there are things in our chart that might make money or notoriety more difficult, but that doesn't mean that at some level that we all can't be noticed or we all can't have money um, to the level of comfort that we would um, determine. Okay, So a um, little more specifics on that also has to do with the way in which we're willing 
to give service and the way in which we're willing to put ourselves out there publicly. The tenth house is about that public reputation, and the sixth house is about the service that we offer. So when when we're fully looking at the chart and we're doing, say, like a financial reading or a business reading or we want to determine, you know, how – how someone's going to do financially in a given year or, you know, how they're going to do, I guess, generally in their life, especially if you're reading the chart of a little baby, which is fun. You just look and you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to be very hardworking. You know, you see things like the sun in the sixth or the sun in the tenth. You know, they're going to be very dedicated to their job and, you know, Jupiter in the second house obviously is, you know, for financially um, fortunate, financially fortunate, or Jupiter in the eighth, maybe they're going to have a partner or a marriage or a business relationship with somebody that's financially fortunate. This, all these things can represent some kind of, you know, financial benefit. But even if we don't see those things, you know, we all we all look forward to having Jupiter in our 10th house. We all look forward to having Jupiter in our second house because often those transits represent a little uptick in the success, the notoriety, or the money that we're making in our lives. And I think periodically all of us go through a cycle where we're capable of attracting a certain amount of attention to us and a certain amount of money. I guess that for all of us it's not just a linear ride. Nobody um, just continues to become more and more and more and more famous without end or have more and more and more money. Um, you know, as Warren Buffett even will tell you that, you know, he can lose a couple hundred million in one day, poor thing, you know, and uh, his company can go down by 15% in a recession. And, and even though he's still worth billions of dollars, I don't think that it's happy for him that he can lose that kind of money. He's another interesting person, right, that we can plug in. Um, and uh, and 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 take a look at um, uh, his his uh, his birth signs not coming coming to mind immediately. Let's see. Warren Buffett is a Virgo. Can you believe it? Right. We were talking about wealth coming through the um, wealth coming through the uh, the earth signs and um, his astrology chart. Sometimes you know. The uh, the astrology of a famous person is available online, and sometimes it's not. And so, for Warren Buffett, it actually is. There is some some um, some uh, you know an accurate birth time, but um, yeah, he is a Virgo, and uh, oh, very intuitive Virgo because he was born with the Sun conjunct Neptune, so that's kind of interesting, and. Um, Wow, he was born in 1930, so that's, that's, that's getting up there. I'm looking at that because I'm like, wow, Neptune in Virgo, that's a long time ago. And um, and that he also has uh, Saturn rising in Capricorn as the rising planet. So there's that dedication to hard work and that his identity first house is based on his dedication to his career and his hard work and his efforts. So, funny enough, does he have anything in the second house? No. But the cusp of his second house, okay, the cusp of his second house is in Aquarius. 
So his, his Uranus is actually going to rule his ability to make money, and he has um, Uranus in Aries. So now you have that bold entrepreneur, you know, Uranus in Aries, right? He's getting old enough that he's going to actually be having a Uranian uh, return, Warren Buffett. That's awesome. We'll have to pay attention to his chart because Uranian returns usually create really dramatic shifts in people's lives like, you know, several of those dictators that had the Arab Spring. They were 84 and also um, the Queen turned 84 and is, you know, a couple of years ago and she had some things going on and so um, that there's been some really interesting people that we're getting to watch them have this Uranian return in Aries. Warren Buffett that we'll have his next year, so we'll have to pay attention to what changes does he make in, in entrepreneurial or what news comes out about him. So, um, yeah, look for the earth signs and strong earth signs and strong earth energy in the wealthy. That's just general. Look for strong fire in in um, the people who are who get noticed and who have notoriety brought to them, even on the most local level. You can be the teacher who's super popular and super famous with every classroom year after year after year after year, and that's probably because you're the most entertaining because you have some strong fire placed in your chart, and and um, people are noticing you um, because of that because of your creative enthusiasm. I'm Dr. Craig, and you're listening to Inside Connection Radio, and I will talk to you next Thursday night. Thanks. Good night.